It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up in a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, I have the absolute opposite of a deal for your kids. I got to make sure you know how you're being played, your wallet is being looted. And coming up yet later, Facebook has such a profile on it, such a focus about the egregious behavior of Facebook with our personal information and manipulations of that information and invasions of our privacy. And Facebook's reputation has been so heavily tarnished. Facebook says they're turning over a new leaf. I want to tell you about what new powers you are about to have to control your personal information, at least in part. So I want to uh, discuss something with you that is absolutely ridiculous. And it is how college students and their parents are being ripped off by the very colleges their kids are attending. This is a Clark Howard ripoff alert. This is stunning in the arrogance that college administrators show and the contempt for students that college administrators show. So there has been a long-running scandal that it seems you can't embarrass banks. They don't, they don't embarrass easily. They just know their reputations are trashed, and so they continue to behave badly. So a bank will approach a college and say, we got a deal for you. If you'll do a co-branded card with us as a campus debit card, we will pay the college kickbacks for every student who is conned into carrying our piece of trash student debit card, co-branded debit card. So it'll have the university name on it and the name of the bank. And so the colleges are like, great, sign us up. We want the kickbacks. We want the bribes. And then what happens is the college makes it look like the particular card being pushed is like the official payment card on campus. Well, How do the banks afford paying all the bribes, all the kickbacks to the college? By charging ridiculous junk fees to the student or his or her parents. It is absolutely Clark-rageous. It is unbelievable how bad it is. A study earlier this year found that the fees on these kickback cards, that's what I'm going to call them, these co-branded cards, are somewhere typically two to three times what fees would be in the general marketplace. But here's the real stinker. Okay, most colleges have a credit union available for faculty, staff, administrators, and students. But they kind of whisper they're available to students. They don't want you in on the secret. Because the credit union available at the college offers great deals 
and typically no fees for any of the junk that the banks peddle. And so the people who work at the college are all using the credit union. And even though a student has an automatic right as attending that school to be in the credit union, the college doesn't want you to know because they're not getting kickback monies from the co-op, from the credit union. That's where you should be opening an account as a student. And no, there is no requirement that you use the piece of trash co-branded debit card and know what's behind the scenes. It's dirty money. Dirty, stinking, rotten bribes, kickbacks being paid to the college. And I just want to know how any college administrator thinks it's okay to enter one of these unholy alliances that rip off the students or their parents. Shame on you. Roy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Roy. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Roy. How can I be of service? Hey, I remember a long time ago, uh, you had mentioned that uh, consumers would be able to purchase their own satellite receiver slash DVR, but I haven't heard anything about it, and I was wondering if... uh, if uh, they're still, or if they ever became available, or if they become uh, overcome with the streaming streaming videos. Yeah. So specifically, when I talked about that before, that was involving the cable companies, and with the satellite companies, it's never really caught on as a market where people supply their own equipment. And ironically enough, it didn't really happen with the cable operators either. And so. What you're left with if you sign up for satellite is you end up with their equipment on what's usually referred to as some form of lease, and then there can be junk fees every month on top of that. So um, you're with, which one of the satellite players are you with? Am I allowed to say the company name? Oh, sure. There's only Uh, two. I mean, you got DirecTV and you got Dish Network. Yeah, I got Dish. Okay, so with DISH, you pay, um, they usually give you, in return for signing a two-year contract, there's a certain amount of equipment that they, quote-unquote, give you to use, and then anything else you have to pay for, and there may be junk fees for some of the things that you want the equipment to do. Okay, yeah, no, I'm a long-term subscriber to DISH, and... uh, I'm paying the uh, $7 a month for a DVR that's probably 10 years old. Oh, all right. So uh, this probably isn't the question you had for me, but while I'm thinking of it, I want to mention this to you. If you call up to Dish and say, yeah, I got this offer here sitting on my desk that I have from DirecTV, and I'm planning to dump you and go to them, what can you do for me to stay with you? And they say, well, what do you want? And or they may make you an offer for a lower program package per month for a year or two, or they may offer to upgrade all your equipment to the latest stuff. Okay, yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds like a good path forward. Thank you. Because the the whole key with the cable and satellite companies is you got to make them afraid that you're going to dump them. They only reward disloyalty; they never reward loyalty. So it doesn't hurt to ask Dish and say, hey, you're about to go out the door. I've been with you all these years, but yeah, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like the other. What can you do for me? 
Give them a shot at fixing it. Garrett's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Garrett. Hey, how you doing, Clark? Great, thank you, Garrett. You're going to Japan. I am. I uh, I stumbled across a, a fantastic deal on uh, one of the premium website flight deals that you recommended. And uh, which one do you getting, use? Because there's Dollar uh, Flight Club, there's Next Vacay, and the the biggie of all of them is Scott's Cheap Flights. You got it, Scott's Cheap Flights. The uh, premium membership more than worth it. Um, I got a uh, $600 round-trip flight to Tokyo that I will be visiting during Thanksgiving. Well, I love Japan. I've had the privilege of going there four times. So if I can be of any help to you with it, go right ahead. And I should say, for people who aren't aware of what these newsletter services do, they scour um, airline databases 24 hours a day. And when they see a deal they send an immediate email alert to their paid subscribers. And are you paying 40 bucks a year? Is that about what you pay? I believe it was, yes. Um, I, I think it might have gone up a little since when I first registered, but uh, I think I want to say it was around that. And so uh, it, this is for people like you and me who decide where they're going to go based on where the deal is instead of picking a destination. So how can I be of service for you going to Japan? Uh, yeah, I was just looking for uh, basic recommendations, maybe things to do uh, or just kind of general travel tips on uh, heading to Tokyo for the first time. I'm going to be there for a week. And, and you want uh, to do more than to just uh, Tokyo if you could. You know, you can buy a Japan rail pass in the United States before you go that's only available to foreigners. Okay. And the train network in uh, the eastern east coast of Japan is unbelievably great. They have a network of ultra-high-speed trains, and the country is relatively small landmass. So you can run down to Osaka for the day, or you can go over to Kyoto, or you could even go all the way down to Hiroshima or whatever, and uh, even do it just for a day or for an overnight or whatever. And if you buy a rail pass at minimum seven days, the payoff is so great. And you get one of the subway networks in Tokyo included. Okay, great. And uh, real quick also, do you have any recommendations as far as what to do um, as far as like a phone plan goes using data and text and all that? Yeah. So do you have an unlocked phone? Do you know if your phone's unlocked? It's not. All right, which network are you on? I'm on Verizon. All right, Verizon, your phone is unlocked after, based on the aftermath of a, a court decree, your phone is unlocked if you request it after 60 days of having the phone. Okay. So you want to go into a Verizon store and make sure that your phone is, in fact, unlocked. Okay. And then when you get to Japan, you simply would go to a cell phone store and you'd buy data as you need it and if you with people you would want to communicate with most at home you have them download the same app you would whether it's viber or whatsapp or wechat or um, any of the the apps that allow you to text unlimited over data and talk uh, around the world for free 
Okay, would you happen to know anything about, I saw Verizon had like a $10 per day. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. It's just way too expensive. It's kind of extortionate what Verizon charges for using a phone outside the U.S. That's why having, uh, making sure your phone's unlocked and buying a local SIM card is a much better idea. Awesome. I appreciate the tip, man. And get on TripAdvisor. You'll find a lot of stuff, uh, particularly from Australians who travel a lot more to Japan than we do, about things you should see and do and tips that'll help you save money and the rest while you're in Japan. And I'm just so glad for you, you're getting to take such an awesome trip because it's a place that I have absolutely loved going to. And I wished, I saw that deal, I wished I could have fit it in my schedule and gone back to Japan for time number five, but couldn't make that happen. Today's Clark Rageous moment is one of those things that drives me batty. It is a subscription plan for tennis shoes. I'm not making this stuff up. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. Nike has a hold over the marketplace that I am stunned by. Nike has launched a kids' shoes subscription service. Nike calls it a parent's best friend. Seriously. Okay, so we meet every day before we do the show. All all the things we do, TV, our websites, our off-air center, we all get together and we talk about what we're seeing and stuff. So I bring up this thing about Nike's uh, tennis shoe subscription, which is geared towards kids, the all-important Nike market that starts at age two, (laughs) age 10. Seriously? Anyway, when I brought that up with my crew, people were like, you got to be kidding, because they were talking about what they paid or pay for their kids' shoes. So the subscription plans are 20 to $50 a month. That's right, $240 to $600 a year for a subscription plan for Nike shoes and Converse shoes. And here's the funny thing. They have filled all their slots for now for the kids' subscription plan. And now you can only go on wait list. <laughs> Parents, what's wrong with us? Don't do things like this. Okay, first of all, for a young kid, really young kid, don't give them the message that brands matter. Never do that. You're setting your kids up for lifelong problems with money if you make them brand conscious when they're a single digit. Because remember, this caps out at 10, so single digit for most of them. And I never spent big money on my kids' shoes when they were growing. They grow out of them so quick anyway. I mean, when my kids were young, as long as the shoes had lights on them, I was good. didn't matter if they were $4 or $9. So please don't waste your money like this. Nike doesn't need your money. You need it. Hey, Joel, let's see if we can sneak in and ask Clark here. Let's do it, Clark. Christian wrote in and said, are you a fan of home warranties? Our AC, refrigerator, 
and stove vacillate on functionality, not to mention the roof is aging out. What do you say, Clark? So I don't like the home warranties, except as a seller of a property, it's good buyer's assurance for that buyer. And generally, the 500 or so dollars that you would pay for one each year is better going into a home maintenance fund than it is in the warranty, because the warranty companies come and go, and often they have these colorful brochures promising a lot, but in reality, a lot of people have trouble making claims against the warranties and getting the warranty companies to pay, so I'm not thrilled by them at all. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is our bargain site where you go to see deals as they happen, and we update it every day of the year, all through the day and night, except Christmas Day. So, I feel a little foolish because... Over a year ago, I talked about how Facebook, because of the various investigations of it and the embarrassments that came out about some of the activities Facebook was involved in, that Facebook was going to give you a lot more control over your information and who could see it and who could use it. Well, that was a statement I made taking Mark Zuckerberg at his word. But they've stalled and stalled and stalled and stalled till today. And now Facebook is launching a new tool that is called Off Facebook Activity. And it's going to give you the ability to see what information about them has been collected that has passed through or because of Facebook and is in the hands of third parties. So you're going to be able to manage that data. You're going to be able to control how it's used. You'll be able to disconnect having your history tracked. You're going to be able to short-circuit an information share going back and forth between Facebook and other organizations. And... According to the people who are at BuzzFeed, that a third of all websites now have a Facebook tracker. So Facebook is rolling this out in Europe, in a handful of countries in Europe and in South Korea, and they're going to work the bugs out, and then they promise that it will be available here in just a couple of months' time. So when this ability for you to control the flow of your information is available, I'm going to make sure you know right away, and at Clark.com, we'll put step-by-step how you take back control of your personal information. Why it's taken over a year, I would guess, is because Facebook made a promise hoping hoping that people would forget about all the snooping and all the weirdness that Facebook's been up to. People did not forget. The focus has still remained on Facebook. And so now 
Well, I can't say here it is. Here it's about to be for you to take back charge, take back control. Ingrid is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Ingrid. How are you? Hi, Clark. I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. How can I be of service today, Ingrid? Well, first, I want to thank you for all you do. I love your show, and um, you just are exceptional. You've made such a difference in my life. Well, that is very sweet of you to say. So my question is, the other day you were talking about um, the upcoming recession or possible recession. Yeah, let's call it possible. I'd say likely economic slowdown, possible recession. Okay, so in in preparing for that, we said there was like a list of things that you mentioned, saving money, paying down your debt. Um, so my question is, I have very little savings, and I have a pretty substantial amount of debt. And I wasn't sure um, with my extra money going forward, how I should allocate those funds. Like, should I put most all of the money in my savings and build that up? Or should I split it in half or pay down my debt? I wasn't sure what was priority. So there is no one right answer to that. So it depends situationally first on what kind of debts you have. I have um, credit card debt and I have um, student loan debt. Okay, so with those two kinds of debts, the priority would be to pay as agreed on your student loans but throw every penny you can against your credit card debt. Okay, even if it's 0%, because I have 0% for a year. Well, you know, that is only for a year. So if you have 0% and your student loan debt, is it all federal or is some of it private? It's all federal. And do you know what kind of interest rate those are carrying? Yes, I just checked it. So I have um, 6.5 and um, 3.5, I believe. Okay, so again, there's no automatic right answer here. So I'm just going to talk out loud here, think out loud. Let's see if we can come to what would make sense. So you're paying the student loans as agreed, and doing that means how many years will it be till you're able to pay off those federal loans? Um, I think it's something like over, I think it's 10 years or maybe a little over. Okay. And the credit card debt, how much in total is on the 0%? I have um, 5000 And how much are you able to save each month? Right now, I, I can save um, about two, well, let me see. Yeah, about 250 a month. Okay, so which is not the, a lot. So that's, no, but that's still money. So I would say, in your case, none of your interest rates are really, really high. And so I would set the priority on putting that 250 every month into savings because okay. that'll give you flexibility in that uh, at the point that the credit cards boomerang to having normal interest rates, you could take a pile of that money that you would have saved and put it towards the $5,000 in credit card debt as an alternative. Or let's say, um, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but, but, you know, jobs are not going to be as plentiful when the economy slows. And so it's good to have some cash 
if, let's say, hours are cut back at work or who knows what, how secure is your job? Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so they're doing some outsourcing at my job. I work for an insurance company, so that's a little, um, you know, makes me nervous. So you just However, answered the question. Okay. You just answered it for <laughs> me. So, you know, is... And again, there's not an exact right answer here, but in your case, I would keep stashing money and savings. Okay. Because, you know, if they decide to outsource you, you're going to need that cash just to keep breathing till you find the next opportunity. Okay. So Thank you so much. Sure, because in your case, extinguishing debt doesn't sound like it's the highest priority right now. Building up a rainy day account Sounds like that would be the smartest move for you. Lee is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Lee. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Lee. You have a question for me no one has ever asked. Well, <laughs> uh, I, I was introduced to a podcast app that uh, pays you to listen to podcasts. I was wondering about it. And which one are you looking at? Uh, Podcoin. Okay, so Podcoin pays, uh, I think it's 10 cents an hour that you listen to podcasts. So it's like a frequent listener program for podcasting. Mm -hmm. So you will, um, as long as they can make this work, you'll earn 10 cents an hour. But as a practical matter, it's not going to be a lot of money. How many hours a week do you listen to podcasts? Oh, maybe two or three. Well, so for <laughs> 20 or 30 cents a week, what do you think? Well, hey, that free money is good for me. Yeah. So if you want to do it, you what happens is when you get enough of their, um, of their coins, you turn those coins often into Amazon gift cards or something like that. Mm-hmm. So the only beef people have had about PodCoin is that the podcast player apparently is not the easiest of the podcast players to use. But if Yeah, I, I was noticing that. Yeah, so if it doesn't bother you with the ease of use, then, I mean, how neat is that, that most podcasts are free, and then on top of it, you'll get money for listening? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I figure it'll take me like half a year to get $5, but <laughs> better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love the way you think. So yeah, I want you I want you six months from now to let us know how much money you actually made. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna be able to buy a new car with it or an airline ticket or something, but you, just let us know how much you're able to make from doing it. You know, I've tried so many crazy things over the years. Uh, I had the browser on my computer where it had like an ad band on it. This I forget what that was called. And so I made money just for having that on my computer. And then eventually they went bust. Um, I didn't get all the money. I got some money, but never all the money they said. And then I used, back when you had to pay for long distance, I used a service where you'd listen to ads and every ad you listen to, you got two free minutes of long distance. And I everywhere I went in the country, I'd, Back then, there were pay phones, no cell phones. I'd go to a pay phone, 
and I'd listen to as many as I needed to and then place the call and I'd get a free phone call out of it, which today seems like I'm talking about back when pterodactyls were roaming the earth. But believe it or not, making a call long distance used to be a really expensive thing. Matt's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Matt, did you know I was like 300 years old? Well, no, I didn't. I didn't. You don't sound it. But I, I remember payphones. You do remember payphones? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All over the place. Yeah, so if we watch an old movie and you see a scene where there's like a bank of payphones, I mean, you wouldn't have to see anything else in the movie. You know that movie's old because yes. of seeing all yes. those payphones. Yep. How can I serve okay. you today? Well, first, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, what I really want to know is we have a mortgage on our house, and I'm thinking about paying it off just to get out of debt. And I really would like your opinion on the pluses and minuses of doing something like that. Well, it's awesome being completely debt-free. That's what I'm trying to do. And it's absolutely great to do so. But the key trigger with whether or not you pay off a mortgage first comes down. It's not the only reason, way you make a decision, but you start with what your mortgage interest rate is. Okay, the interest rate is 2.7%. 2.7%? How many years do you have left on the loan? Uh, six or seven. So in your case, other than for the psychological feeling of being totally financially independent, debt-free, it -hmm. would not make sense to pay off a 2.7% loan. It it would make uh, more sense as a higher priority for you to uh, be funding a Roth IRA. Uh, Now, can I do that when I'm not working? No, not if you're not working. Uh, is anybody? I'm retired. So you're retired. So no part-time work, nothing like that. No, I keep considering it, but I never get off my tail to do it. Okay. What do you normally do with the money that you've saved over the years? Is it invested? Right now? Yeah. Uh, well, I've got some invested, but right now I've got most of it in my credit union, getting less than 2% interest. That's why I was thinking about it. So I'm going to make an exception to all my normal rules and tell you if most of your money is sitting in idle cash, just blow out the mortgage. No. Okay. Okay, I've never said that. I've never said that to somebody with a two-point-something percent mortgage. I don't think in, in all the years I've answered a question like yours, yours may be the first I've said, yeah, go ahead and pay it off. Well, I think that's what I might do. But, yeah, we got lucky with that interest rate. We hit it the rock bottom. So what that would mean is moving forward, just make that mortgage payment every month that you would have been making back into your savings. Yes, I had time to do that. Uh, that. That was my goal, to get that back up and maybe buy a CD or something. Well, I think that's just fine, and you're going to love not owing anybody on earth any money at all. John joins us on the Clark Howard Show. John, you want to talk about hippos. I'm not an expert on hippopotamus. (laughs) Neither am I. That's why I'm calling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was kind of a riddle for your fellow listener. What is it you want to talk about? Well, I have insurance with a major insurance company, and I decided, and this is for my home insurance, 
And I decided it's time to, you know, look for maybe a, a better price. So doing some research, I came across this uh, HIPPO insurance, and uh, it sounds pretty good. And I've always heard, you know, if it sounds too good, then maybe it's not, <laughs> you know. No, um, no, HIPPO, uh, you know, I talked about HIPPO when they were first organizing. They're, they're in about a third of the nation's states. They're not, you know, they're not all around the country yet. But HIPPO is... Uh, a modern look at selling homeowners insurance where normally it's a real slog to set up a homeowners insurance policy they're thinking about this the same way the people who were attacking the traditional way that life insurance has been sold where you can just go on the computer answer questions and bam you have your quote right away and that's yeah. what hippo is doing the website myhippo.com I have not heard a single complaint to the to this point about Hippo and and with insurers if people are unhappy we hear about it. So I can't say that people are jumping for joy about how great they are. I can only tell you we're not hearing people complain about it. Okay. So I yeah, I don't have a problem with you getting a quote from them, and if it's substantially cheaper for the same coverages as what you have now, um, till I hear differently from people that hippos let them down, I think it'd be fine for you if you're in one of their eligible states to give it a try. Yeah, because the quote I got is, um, it's about $459 less than the other insurance company, and what I like about them is the quote includes only a $1,000 deductible, or currently I have $2,500 deductible. Well, I mean, it's on dual tracks. They're saving you a substantial amount of money and reducing your exposure and giving you a lower premium. That sounds like it's worth a shot. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.